Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. For those of you who champion total democracy, where we vote on everything, well, this November 6th is your style of election. Although we still may not be voting on everything because we still have our republic, the length of this ballot in a number of communities will seem like it. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. With one of the longest ballots in the state, Denver County, in addition to selecting elected officials and judges, will also decide 20, yes, 20 ballot amendments, initiatives, and referendum, 12 from the state, one metro-wide district, and seven city questions. And it all begins next week when the Blue Books presenting arguments on both sides of the 12 state amendments begin being dropped into your mailbox across the state. On this edition, we cover what you need to know to get your voting done. Although our focus is Denver County, much of the information is similar for the other counties as well. No, we're not discussing candidates nor the decisions to be made, but something even more important. Your process of voting so you get it accomplished and properly counted. Joining us with the insight to what you really need to know are Denver City Clerk and Recorder Deborah Johnson, Deputy Director of Elections Jocelyn Bucaro, and Senior Public Information Officer, Denver Elections Division, Alton Dillard. We welcome Clerk Deborah Johnson. The model that we use now that we send ballots to every active registered voter. Mm -hmm. Before we had hundreds of polling places and everyone had to go to the right polling place. Now we send you a ballot to... To your house, and you get to fill it out there. That's the biggest change. That one is the first time it was really used in a general was in 2014. Uh, I know the voters like it. They don't have to go anywhere. But some of them still like showing up at a polling place because they feel they're actually voting. Yes, they do. And we do have that option. We, we have what we, they call voter service and polling centers. And we will have around 29 voter service and polling centers throughout the city for people to do that in-person voting. Yeah. Now, this ballot, I think, is uh, probably one of the longest or the longest we've had in the state or <laughs> you've ever seen as a clerk. Yes. This is the longest in, in my tenure in Denver, definitely. We're going to have six pages, which will be three cards, both sides. And it's going to be important for everyone to get all the way to the bottom on that sixth page. Now, that's in Denver County. Some of the other counties may not have as long, but it's close. They'll have all the state stuff. They'll have all the elected politician stuff. So their ballots are going to be a little little weighty as well. Yes, I would say the whole state of Colorado is going to have a long ballot, um, probably longer than most in any county in the state. Um, given the number of measures that are on the ballot that are coming from the state is what's making it so long. Also in Denver, we have to have it in two languages, both English and Spanish. So that takes double the real estate. Language. I'm glad you brought that up. We have, you know, in Aurora Public Schools, they speak 65 or 80 languages. Denver Public Schools, they speak a lot of languages, too. Um, but you're only required to have it in English and Spanish? Yes. Do you do you have translators to help people if they're speaking Swahili or Ethiopian or something else? Because we have a lot of communities there as well. Yeah, what they have in the city and county of Denver, they do offer up translation services. So all someone has to do is uh, call 311. So about the language thing, uh, Denver's under Section 203 of the United States Voting Rights Act. And so what that means is that's determined actually by census. So the last census showed that we have a 5% monolingual Spanish speaker. Speaking uh, community in the in Denver, and so that's why it's just in those languages. In future census, you never know; we may end 
up looking at Vietnamese or something like that. And I've also visited some election jurisdictions around the country where sometimes their ballots appear in six, eight, nine, ten languages. Some yeah. have, you know, Vietnamese, some have Tagalog, some have uh, Mandarin, some have, you know, Spanish. So it just varies. But that is based on the United States census. So the ballots that Denver County is sending out is just going to be in English and Spanish. Correct. Okay. So you would recommend that if someone speaks a language other than there to dial the 311 and make sure that they get a hold of a translator so they can participate in the election, too. It's no reason for them, if they're registered to vote, to not. Mm -hmm. Correct. Because they can get the help that they need. Mm -hmm. For voters to, to negotiate all those ballot pages, would you recommend that they get the ballot in there and do it immediately, or do they need to sit down and make sure they got two cups of coffee? How do you want them to work through it? And it's good that they vote the whole ballot. Is that not correct as well? Oh, totally in terms of the voting the whole ballot. But I think one of the new um, initiatives that the city and county of Denver is doing this year is that we are putting out an information book on all of the referred or initiated measures that are on the just the Denver ballot. So there will be the content of the actual ordinance of that was passed by city council to put it on the ballot, plus there will be pros and cons statements available for po- people to do the research. So Denver's own blue book then? Yes, we do have our own blue book, yes. I'm not saying you have to read it, but I also think that you can have two cups of coffee and, you know, read and get your research done, but please get it in at least a week and ahead ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So they'll get two blue books then, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. from the state as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yep. and one thing with that is that it, we are combining our blue book with our Tabor notice. So Denver voters will just see one big booklet containing both the Tabor notice for questions that affect debt or taxes, okay, and then okay. hang the on, other hang ones. On. Yes. Tabor notice. Tabor notice. <laughs> Tabor is a taxpayer's bill of rights. Correct, and under the taxpayer's and bill, some of those measures are tax increases. Correct. There's a certain way you have to present that to them or get them the information. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yep, that's correct. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we're going to combine the two. It's going to be about a 100-page booklet, but the one good thing is that the uh, statutory deadline for that to mail out is before the ballots mail out. So voters will get a chance to get it ahead of time and digest it a bit before their ballots start showing up the week of October 15th. So we'll be seeing the blue book when then? Uh, that has to mail by October 5th. October 5th? Mm-hmm. A week before the other one shows yep, up. Okay, right. I guess a few extra days is better than none at all. Yes. That's for sure. How about people who are not registered to vote? There's still some walking around the sound. Man, you know, I'll get it done, but oh, it's going to be too late to get it done. Is it going to be too late? Once they see their friends have a ballot in their mailbox at their home, they're going to say, oh, man, I wanted to vote, but I didn't get registered. Is it too late for them to do so? Uh, no, voters can, can actually register up to and including Election Day, but we would encourage voters to register um, as soon as possible and update their, their address as soon as possible to ensure that they get that ballot sent to them in the mail. Because if they register after October 29th, we're not going to mail them a ballot. They'll have to go and vote in person at one of our voter service and polling centers. Okay, so you have until October 29th mm-hmm. to register, and you will send them a ballot. Yep, that's right. Oh, we'll okay. mail them a ballot if they register before um, October, well, by October 29th. But if they register after, they'll have to go vote in person. So if they stop at Aunt Gertrude's house on the 16th and see she has a ballot and say, I'm not registered, what am I going to do? They can still get that done and still get a ballot in the mail. That's right. They can go to uh, GoVoteColorado.com and register right now. 
Okay. All right. Go vote Colorado.com mm -hmm. and register right now. Would you recommend that everybody go to the Secretary of State or someplace and check their voter registrations to make sure it's still saying active or inactive and that the address is correct? Yes, definitely. They should make sure, especially if they've moved or um, had a name change or if they haven't voted in a recent election, then they should absolutely go on to the Secretary of State's website or denvervotes.org and check to make sure their registration is up to date. Make sure that registration is up to date and accurate because we know we heard all the stories about potential hacking. And uh, from what I read in the news accounts, Colorado wasn't affected. We had the right firewalls up and it didn't go, go down for us. But we still, you still need to do that anyway just in case. Well, you should just, it's a good practice as a voter to make sure that information is current, regardless of security issues or other concerns that voters might feel. Uh, they want to just check to make sure that information is up to date so they can uh, exercise that right to vote. Ms. Johnson, speaking of uh, picking up on what she was saying about uh, security as well, has the state done working with the county clerks everything they can to make sure of integrity for our ballots? When they're sent to you, they're going to be counted correctly, and nobody's going to be coming in there changing numbers at the back. What's What's been done there? First thing I'm going to say is that the state of Colorado, I think, has gone above and beyond what most other states have done in terms of taking the security and the anonymity of a voter um, into consideration during an election. I think um, I'm going to let Alton go into we've even done a tabletop exercise with of all the county clerks in the state got together with the Secretary of State's office and went through different scenarios on that. Scenarios? Mm -hmm. Yeah, scenarios. And it was interesting role reversal because I actually got to play a reporter. So I got to do things like <laughs> go around to the other county clerks and to some of the ones who were county clerks who were actually playing PIOs and try to put them on the spot. And they were kind of ringers because they're, you know, county clerks, so they already had all the answers. So what were you doing in the simulation? Were they practicing how voters would be using it or what could occur when, we, they when did hacking a, would A would series of injects, actually. So everything from how to deal with social media if someone is claiming something got hacked or, you know, if a system got penetrated or the, a lot of thing we spent a lot of time on was uh, rumor control. Rumor control? Rumor control, yeah. Okay. That's one of the things that has the most adverse effect on voters is misinformation. And so, so people sitting on the bus talking about the election, and they may have misinformation, so spreading that has the a, a real negative effect on the election? Yes. That's my number one concern. Because, see, when it comes to the security piece, we actually test our systems prior to every election and we have everything from a logic and accuracy test on the front side to the back side. We have what's called a risk limiting audit. And we can't give away the whole playbook, of course, in the name of security. But we also have a robust partnership with both the Secretary of State and our Office of Technology Services. And we've actually won awards for that cybersecurity partnership. So they know what to look for, what to check for around the system. Our system is not connected to the Internet in any way. And one of the things we really wanted to send our appreciation to you, Adam, is this narrative keeps getting caught sort of up in the political cloud and no one's talking to people who actually administer elections when it comes to matters of election security. So we really appreciate this opportunity. Well, one of the things that always comes up, too, is uh, 
across the country, people want a paper trail. So mm -hmm. we have a paper trail, Deb? Yes. Um, every voter has a paper ballot. Even if you do vote on a tablet, it will print out a ballot that is actually tabulated on paper versus anything that's on, on electronically. So, so you, that you can go back and actually see what we did and how we did it. Right. It's that audit trail. Ah, uh, the audit trail. Now, do we have any electric? Does Denver County have any electronic voting machines sitting out there? We, no. We use uh, we use tablets um, to mark for voters to mark the ballot, especially in our voter service and polling centers. If voters have a, a visual impairment and they can't uh -huh. vote a paper ballot with a pen, they can mark it with a tablet and hear an audio version of the ballot to do that. Um, that's required under the Help America Vote Act um, and the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, so we do accommodate that, and voters, you know, who decide to vote in person can can opt to vote on those tablets, but they don't store any votes. They don't record any votes. They simply mark a ballot that then prints off, uh, prints a paper version of their markings. They can verify everything was marked the way they wanted to. If they find they've made a mistake, they can go and request a new ballot um, up to three times, um, and then they just cast that paper ballot, and that's actually what gets. Uh, counted. Ah, so they can change their mind, which is mm -hmm. really good. But they use the tablet, and the tablet prints a paper, mm -hmm. and that's the paper that they give to the election judges. Yep, that's right. There, they put that piece of paper in the ballot box, and that's what we actually scan and tabulate. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. No hanging chads on that one. No. <laughs> that 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 is really good. But you said uh, 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 people with disabilities. Yes. If they're already registered. And you send them mm -hmm. a ballot. Do they take that ballot to a vote center or something if they're sight impaired, but you have their address? Yeah, they can bring their ballot with them, or they can just go to a voter service and polling center. Um, and, you know, they don't have to bring the ballot with. They can dispose of it, but they can cast their vote in the vote center when they when they go there to vote. Somebody is sight impaired and they say, well, why are they sending me this ballot? Mm -hmm. You know, I can't vote now. They sent me a paper ballot. No, don't be confused about that at all. Mm -hmm. they can go. You can go to a vote center where you're going to get some help and assistance. That's correct. To get that done, and then you just toss that ballot. There, right? Yeah, and we actually uh, were one of the pilot counties that helped develop the voting system that's now in use in most of the state. And it's got a whole bunch of accessibility features. So in addition to being able to... Uh, help, you know, a voter who may have visual impairment, we can do everything on those from flip the screen from light print on dark to dark on uh, light. You know, if someone has a contrast, a visual disability, those things are actually uh, accessible to the point where somebody who uh, uses a, a sip and puff on a wheelchair would still be able to cast their vote. On this edition, our focus is the voting insight you need to know to ensure you get your voting done so your voice will be heard. Our guests are Denver Clerk and Recorder Deborah Johnson, Deputy Director of Elections Jocelyn Bucaro, and Senior Public Information Officer, Denver Elections Division, Alton Dillard. We continue with them on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.